Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! It is an undefeated Monday. You want to know something? I'm not really getting tired of saying that. How you doing, everybody? After a tremendous weekend for Philadelphia sports fans, capped off by a clutch win against their main rival, the Dallas Cowboys, on Sunday night. We're here to talk birds football here on Birds 365. John McMullen and Jody McDonald. J-Mac was glad to hear I got the energy this morning because, yes, I was in bed by slightly after midnight. McMullen, not so lucky because he had to uh, wrap up all his post-game duties and get his uh, writings in before he got up early for me. How many cups of coffee, Jamie? Oh, you don't do coffee in the morning before the show. <laughs> well, I had to today. I got one right here. Okay. You have to. Sometimes, uh, you know, typically I don't. Typically I go water. I try to hydrate. But, you know, these these night games, yeah, you got to go coffee. Understood. But so it was the boys a good might night. go at some point. It was a good night game last night. Um, once again, <clears throat> the Eagles were not perfect, but they were good enough, and they stuck it to a division rival who came in only one game behind. Kind of surprising that Cooper Rush was able to do what he did for the four games that he started in place of Dak Prescott. But Cooper Rush kind of came back down to earth last yeah. night with not Cinderella. a very good day. Midnight clock striking midnight. The yeah. old turn into a pumpkin thing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, uh, he, yeah, he's done a wonderful job, but he's, you know, he's limited. And I think you saw that against a good football team. The Eagles were able to take advantage. I think they had 12 pass breakups. I mean, they were all over them. Um, and, and they knew they could jump certain things. And, you know, there's going to be, 
people complaining about no sacks and and giving up the lead. And I I was a little surprised they gave. I thought the game was over at, at twenty nothing because, you know, I talked about it all week. That's exactly what the Eagles wanted. They wanted Cooper Rush playing from behind because mm-hmm. he's just he just doesn't have it uh, from a standpoint of being able to come back in a game like that. And but I I give you know. Very similar to Detroit, I give Mike McCarthy credit. He did not abandon the, the the running game, and I think that was where the Eagles struggled. Ezekiel Elliott looked like Ezekiel Elliott three, four years ago. He looked really, really good. Tony Pollard can run the football well uh, also. So, you know, they struggled a little bit in the second half, stopping the run, and that opened up a few things for Cooper Rush. But overall, the secondary was tremendous. I mean, they were chip for James Bradbury, our buddy Bob Groach. Yeah, we were we were sticking it to him uh, were you? every time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know he's had a tremendous year as a whole. Obviously, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, big plays. Um, yeah, Marcus Epps had a had a shot at a couple. He he played really well. Darius Slay is Darius Slay, you know that. Um secondary was tremendous. They were they were the star of the game to me. Absolutely right. That's the first thing on, on my list of notes, how good the Eagles secondary was. You'd almost call them the Fab Five. I know we're turning back the clock. I don't know if they wear their shorts down low like the youngsters at Michigan did a couple decades ago. But uh, the two cor- three corners, putting Maddox in the mix as the slot guy, and the two safeties, Epson Gardner-Johnson, they played as well as they did last night without a whole lot of pressure in front of them. You know, we talk about it all the time. Uh, does the offensive line make the secondary job easier? Or does the secondary make the offensive line's job easier? That split second either way can often dictate things. Last night was all on the coverage. That, that there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of pressure on Cooper Rush. There were no, you're Mr. Hurry and Mr. Pressure. I'm Mr. Sack. Uh, they weren't getting either. They weren't getting sacks. They weren't getting pressure. They weren't getting hurries. And the other thing the Cowboys weren't doing was getting any first downs. Because the defense was playing as well as they were on the back end, the coverage was phenomenal. And Jonathan Gannon showed some faith in those guys. I saw a stat this morning. Upwards of almost 40% man-to-man. The Eagles never play 40% man-to-man. They sit in that zone for the great majority of the year. That shows you how much confidence the defensive coordinator had in his secondary. The Wiggins is going to take on these Dallas wide receivers. C.D. Lamb, overrated. Uh, included on man to man, we don't need to. By play. the way, yeah, I'm very disappointed. CD Lamb, very disappointed. I thought he was a really on the verge of becoming a really good receiver. It's just not, you know, way too many drops, way too much inconsistency. You're right. They didn't. They didn't have a great pass rushing day. But you talk about, you know, it to me, it's the chicken and the egg. Did Jonathan Gannon show confidence in his secondary or he show, he knew the quarterback was, you know, had some issues. So that to me probably leaned more towards the quarterback uh, than, Hey, we're going to, we're going to put it on the shoulders of the secondary, but either way, it doesn't matter. That's what I like about this coaching staff. They look at the opposition. They say, all right, you know, they're weak here. They're weak there. I can take advantage of Cooper rush. We'll play more. Um, um, uh, we'll play less zone and we'll do things that way. And, and, you know, Brandon Graham late, the third interception was all on Brandon Graham. That's was the hurry. 
and CD was open. Now he probably would have dropped it if if he had the ability to get the ball out there, but he was wide open. Uh, Brandon Graham. So Brandon Graham made that play. So it is, you know, Gannon says it all the time. Russian covers coverage in rush. It is sort of a marriage, but uh, yeah, definitely the secondary played better than the front uh, yesterday. And I think they only had four hurries. Obviously Brandon had one of them. Hassan Reddick had Reddick. two, but yep. uh, we well, didn't. Did, 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 can I quit? Yeah. Did Josh Wett play? Yeah, Josh Sweat uh, didn't have one of his better games. He's having a good year, though, overall. Um, yeah, it, it's Cowboys are a good team. I'm a little surprised uh, the, their offensive line held up as well as it did. They've had so many issues. Now, Zach Martin, I'm not surprised. but it, And even Steele, who plays next, Terrence Steele, is having a good season. Um the left side, I'm surprised, held up as well as they did. Um, but, you know, it, it's the Eagles played well, and they're 6-0 and for the third, only the third time in franchise history, Jody, and the yes, first time in nearly 20 years. So that is, things are going well for the Eagles. That is pretty impressive. Um, and the other thing I like most, the, the, the way the secondary covered and the games out of, uh, I would say... <laughs> Uh, and and you know I text you because he was playing as well as he did. Although he didn't get one of the three picks, I actually thought Bradbury was the best of a tr- tremendous uh, lot back there. C.J. Johnson came up with the two picks. Slay got one uh, that was kind of thrown right to him. But Bradbury had a couple of great breakups, including the one that looked like he gave up a touchdown, and they rightfully overturned because the wide receiver never got his second foot in. That was because of dynamite coverage by Bradbury. Uh, the secondary just wowed me with their level of play last night. And the other thing that I thought was necessary and just flat out clutch for the Eagles was the Cowboys cut it to 20 to 17. You thought you were going to be able to write your story ahead of time when it was 20 to nothing, already start to formulate the narrative. Uh-oh, here comes the second half. Here comes uh, a late kickoff at the end of the first half. Jesus. They got to, they got to improve. Yeah. Their special teams every Holy week, macro. every week is something. Let the every guy go week. right up the middle for 60 yards, but we'll put that aside. We'll get back to that. Um, Cowboys come back, get the touchdown, cut it to 17. Once again, Eagles 20 point second quarter, uh, but uh, scoring in other quarters, not nearly as easy when they needed it, when they had to have it in the fourth yeah. quarter. Here comes the ability to run the football. I, I jotted them down real quickly uh, in order. Sanders for 13, Sanders for five, Sanders for one, Jalen for five, Boston Scott hopping in, going for five, short pass to Sanders. So if you're going to throw it, throw it to somebody out of the backfield for one. Gainwell for five, Gainwell for six, Hurts for three, Hurts for two, Miles Sanders for no gain before. All right, now we've kind of softened them up. They think we're going to run the football since we've run it right down their throats all the way down the field while the clock clock is tick, tick, ticking away. AJ for 22 and then Devontae on the touchdown. The drive was a thing of beauty. You couldn't do it any better than the Eagles did. They once again, same as they did last week against Arizona, when the game got tight, when it was hanging in the balance, we're going to go back to doing what we do best. Last year, two and five, they made the conscious decision we run the football better than we pass the football. The owner may like to pass the football. The rest of the league may be overpassing the football. 
We know what we can do best with this offensive line. And, oh, by the way, two key pieces on the offensive line not even in there. The Eagles ran yeah. it right down the Cowboys' throat and walked away with a touchdown. Last week they had to settle for the field goal. This week came away with a touchdown. At their core, at least on the offensive side, the Philadelphia Eagles can run the football as well as anybody in the national football. Oh, yeah. And uh, most of that has to do – I shouldn't say most of it because a lot of it has to do with the offensive line. By the way, Jordan Mailata, shout out to him. Not only did he last the entire game, but he – you know, when he gets to introduce himself, he said uh, Jeff Stoutland University, which I thought was tremendous. Uh Obviously, he didn't go to uh, typical American football college. but So I thought that was – I got a kick out of that. Very I was cool. talking to him about that in the locker room. Uh, but you're right, third game in, in Detroit, week one, remember. They they just drained the clock. So I, I what, they're, what they're able to do when everybody in the building knows what they want to do, that, that tells me more than anything else that they're, they're a good football team. Now – you can you can nitpick and I understand 20, 20 to nothing turned into twenty to seventeen and people are going to say that and say you know why don't they go to this sooner um, you know Jalen Hurts talks about this nebulous standard all the time which is essentially perfection and he can't be perfect I mean. In, in the NBA, you know, Jody, everybody, you always make a run in the NBA. Well, the NFL is almost becoming the NBA. I mean, everybody makes a run uh, normally. Um, um, you have a couple blowouts here and there, and the Eagles have had a couple blowouts as the best team in football. Uh, but normally somebody makes a run, and we see it all the time. With You're up 14 points in the fourth quarter in these games, and all of a sudden, two minutes later, you're losing. <laughs> it happens so quickly in the modern NFL. So some of that's baked in, but it is interesting that, you know, when they sort of feel a little bit of, of urgency, they go right to the run game and the offensive line and Jalen hurts. Um, and it's, it's been tremendous. It, 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 and as you mentioned, Lane Johnson's not in the game, you know, and Jack Driscoll, bless his heart, was getting killed by Micah Parsons in, in pass protections. And that was my concern about him playing left tackle if he had to play left tackle. And you saw it at right tackle. Um, but he can go straight ahead, man. And Sue Opata wasn't in there that long, but he had to come in for Landon Dickerson. He had to go straight ahead. He can go straight ahead. He struggles in pass protection. They, they've done this three times now. And... Yep. 737, they took off the clock, 13 plays, 75 yards. And you mentioned you ran down all of them. The Miles Sanders pass was essentially a little shovel. So they ran it 11 consecutive times, essentially, before they finished it off. And and the play to A.J. Brown, he was so open because of those 11 plays. And, and yep. you're right, they're all selling out. You saw them sell out on the quarterback sneak a, a couple times. They can't stop it. They can sell out all they want. They can't stop it. And then uh, Devontae Smith wide open in the end zone. And so it's interesting, but here's why I'm not a stats guy. Well, version number 1276, why I'm not a stat guy in the NFL. 
big stat guy in baseball, but not in the NFL. Everybody was complaining, not everybody, but a few people. Well, Jalen Hurts never has passing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts never has passing touchdowns. Well, he has worst passing game of the season, but he had passing Two touchdowns. touchdowns. So <laughs> you're going to be happy about it. So who cares? You get in, you get in. Exactly right. Uh, they they mixed it up when they had to last night. Tremendous on the defensive back end. And a win over Dallas. And a couple of the guys in the locker room talked about it last night, including um, a guy like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who hasn't been here all that long. A rivalry win's a rivalry win. And it's much bigger on the college level, but it is existent in the pro level. And I know you, you and I are guys who deal with the fans and uh, all the time and at the games and on the telephone lines. It matters. The fans who go down there and support the Eagles. And I was at game four of uh, the uh, uh, play uh, game three of the playoffs for the Phillies this week in Citizens Bank Park was just as loud as I've ever heard it. Last night you were at Lincoln Financial Field. It was loud, a loud crowd helping out, making it more difficult. That was, at least my estimation, part of the reason why Cooper Rush struggled. He couldn't get all his calls in the way he wanted. Yeah, you want to win these kind of games because it helps you uh, bring your crowd every single game. And, yeah, it bolsters the confidence. I don't think confidence is a problem with this team, but it never hurts to add to it. And that seemed like a pretty confident bunch last night after the game, Johnny Mac. Oh, yeah, why shouldn't they be? You know, Nick Sirianni was coming off the field saying, how about them Eagles going back? You know, yeah, they care, especially Nick. Um, you know, Nick's a fiery guy. But, you know, the Jalen Hurts was asked about the rivalry aspect. But bottom line, you mentioned college. We, you saw it with Alabama, Tennessee. They had, that's what makes college football great, not the product. It's, it's, it's the atmosphere. Uh, you can't duplicate that. And somebody asked, you know, Jalen's seen it at Alabama. He's seen it at Oklahoma. So you have, he said, he joked at Alabama against everybody because, you know, it's like a national catastrophe. They lost for Tennessee. It's the biggest day in the history of the world. Um, and, and, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, o Oklahoma, Okie State. You, you can't match that from an environment standpoint, from an environment standpoint. But obviously it's very in, important for the fan base. Um, and, you know, the Eagles should have won this game, expected to win this game. They won the game. I, I don't think it was that big of a deal for certain players Jalen Hurts AJ Brown who always said you know yeah, I Jay, love AJ Jalen was Jalen was 0-2 against the Cowboys yeah and he said you know from that standpoint from a personal standpoint he wanted to play well but I I just mean it from the angst like the fan base doesn't like the Cowboys like I I don't think a lot of that is in the locker room uh, I don't think there's certain guys, Jason Kelsey, but even Jason will say, eh, you know, it's week six. Um, as a matter of fact, he said that uh, it, 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 it's week six of the regular season. Um, Nick Sirianni made the short and only counts for one. Um, I, I don't. It's not Alabama, Tennessee. Yeah, I think I, I think some of the Eagle players were being gracious winners last night. You're five and oh, they're four and one. 
Yeah, week six, but it's four and zero against five and one. Well, it's a big win. You, it's you a division lost win. nine out of your last eleven to Dallas, and there's certain guys in there who've never played Dallas before, so they don't care about any of the previous games. Yeah. OS Kelsey and, and Lane Brown. and those guys who have been there losing seven of the last nine against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not buying. It's just another game, Johnny Mac. Sorry. Well, I'm not saying it. It's a division game. So, uh, like, if the Giants keep winning, God bless them. But if they keep winning. That game's going to be every bit as big, that first game with the Giants. Now, I don't think it, ultimately they're going to keep winning at that level. But if it if by some chance they do, well, you know, all of a sudden that becomes an even bigger game. I'm just comparing it to college because I happen to watch the end of the Alabama-Tennessee game. Nothing in the NFL. Nothing in the NFL is like that. That's my only point Which, from an by, atmosphere standpoint. By the way, and this has become rather irrelevant because Jalen Hurts is playing the way he's playing and he's going to be the Eagles quarterback going forward if they can get a contract done with him. Um, you and I, all offseason, we're talking about if they go to the draft, the Eagles got draft capital. Hendon Hooker, nobody, none of the draft guys we have on him. My buddy Rick Saratello comes up after us either. I think he might have had him in the top 10, one of very few. At the bottom of the top 10, maybe like ninth or 10th best quarterback prospect, he was every bit as good as uh, Mr. Young on, on, on Saturday. I know he's a fifth-year senior, but, oh, my God, did he put on a show. That's why us trying to evaluate quarterbacks uh, uh, 11 months in advance of a draft is kind of a uh, ridiculous procedure because guys completely changed the narrative with their final year, and Hooker is doing just that. For Tennessee. All right, McBone and McDonald, the Mega Mac guys on Bird 365. Let's add to the mix. Our buddy Paul Domwich said he would be good enough to get up early for us and talk about an Eagles win, which he wasn't sure was going to happen. Uh, Paul Domwich next here on Bird's 365. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. After here on Birds 365, after win over the Dallas Cowboys to get the Philadelphia Eagles to 6-0, and the only undefeated team in the National Football League. We gave you a little analysis off the top. We will add to that with another guy who knows this organization inside out. And he's once again in colorful green today. Yeah, jealous because we have the green screen can't wear green. I'd like to wear green today to give the Eagles some props for what they did. Paul Dumwich has done just that. Where are you starting your props list, Damote? What was the most impressive thing about the Eagles' victory last night in your eyes? Well, uh, same thing. I mean, turnovers. I mean, they they lead the league in turnovers right now. They lead the league in turnover differential. They haven't yeah. lost a fumble in six games. I mean, that's just unheard of. Uh, and it's something that they've struggled to do uh, over the last couple of years. So, uh, I mean, it just that continues to impress me. Especially when you have a quarterback that handles the football running. You don't have any fumbles. It's it's yeah. amazing. Now, he had the bad uh, – not bad snap, but um, Jalen didn't know the snap from Kelsey was coming at some point. Some of it's luck, but they really, really uh, take care of the football well. And you mentioned, Damo, they came into that game number one in turnover ratio. Dallas was number two, and they're plus three. They're plus yeah. 12 now through six weeks, and the second team in the NFL is plus four. That, to me, explains 6-0 and better than anything else. Yeah. I mean, last year, I think they were what? Uh, I, want, I forget what they, negative. They, I want to say minus eight, maybe. Yeah. They, they had 12 I know they had 12 interceptions all of last year I think they're at they're at nine already now I think I think they had the lowest turnover differential in the of all the teams that made the yeah. playoffs this year so yeah it's just phenomenal uh, and you're right I mean as much as Jalen handles the ball you know you're talking about games like uh, Jacksonville in the pouring rain yeah uh, yeah just uh, where their quarterback uh, you know couldn't hang on to it to save his life so it's, it's impressive. Johnny and I talked about this in the first segment, the whole chicken and an egg theory. Does the defensive line make the secondary? Does the secondary make the defensive line? They have to go hand in hand. But I thought specifically last night that the secondary shined for the Eagles, Damo. Uh, almost 40% man coverage, which they never do under Jonathan Gannon. They just came up huge last night. 
how much of that is because Cooper Rush does it just isn't a quarterback you would fear. He was four and zero. You got to give the guy credit. Mm-hmm. He hadn't uh, turned the ball over, and he'd won four straight games. But do you think Jonathan Gannon knew coming in? I, I know I got guys get cover their wide receivers. We're gonna go man because I don't need to go zone against a quarterback like Cooper Rush. Yeah, I mean, the one thing Cooper Rush was doing was he wasn't turning the ball over. He had zero uh, interceptions going into this game, and the Eagles pick him off three times. Uh, You know, the cornerback play they've gotten is just – and the secondary overall has just been exceptional. Uh, I think that's that's been a big difference for their front four, and, 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 you know, and and it's allowed Jonathan Gannon to be a little bit more – aggressive with his blitzes, uh, aggressive with, with everything he's done up front. So, I mean, Slay and, and Bradbury, it's like, it's like you got two wide receivers there right now. I mean, what they're, what they're doing out there, the balls they're yeah. picking off, uh, that, you know, it's just been phenomenal. Yeah. And Abonte Maddox is back. Obviously, uh, CJ Gardner Johnson is feeling more comfortable. He gets the two picks. So that is looking like a, a better trade for Harry Roseman each and every week. Uh, there's not a lot to complain about, but that's what we do here. We nitpick because well, we have to I, nitpick. Go ahead. I, you want to, I can pick one thing that really concerned right. me last week. Not really concerned me, but. Uh, they've done a good job, had done a good job in their first five games of shutting down tight ends, which was a major problem last year. Yeah. Uh, 13, 13 of the 28 touchdown passes they gave up last year were to tight ends. Couldn't stop them. Wow. Uh, and this year they had done a phenomenal job until last night against a team that didn't have their best tight end. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I didn't know who these guys were. They were always <laughs> open. Yeah. <laughs> You had to keep looking at your uh, lineup card there. Hendershot. Who the heck is Hendershot? Who is that? Yeah. Uh, and, and Jake Ferguson uh, was had a good game as well. You're right. Um, you know, but part of that, I, I, you know, it was really difficult for Cooper Rush to get the ball outside. I think C.D. Lamb didn't help him. I don't think much. I'm really disappointed in C.D. Lamb, by the way, yeah. as a player. Um but I, I think, you know, part of Cooper Rush is he's more comfortable with those types of routes that would go inside to the tight ends. But you're right. I, I think T.J. Edwards has taken a step back in coverage a little bit over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, that's disappointing to me because I'm a big T.J. guy. And, you know, people say, oh, he can't cover. He can't. Well, he had been covering pretty well early in the season, but maybe he's getting exposed a little bit. Still, to me, Domo, the issue was the rushing attack, the running game. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Tony Pollard could run the football. And the one thing I give Dallas credit for, same as Detroit in week one, when Detroit got behind, they did not abandon the running game. Dallas did not abandon the running game. And 20 to nothing turned into 20 to 17 because they were running the football pretty effectively. Any concern there, or was that because of 20-nothing, they went to more, they went away from Jordan Davis? It seems like when Jordan Davis is on the field, people can't run. And when he's off the field, people can run. You know, when they were having success running, I'm looking and I'm waiting for 90 to come in the game, and he's not coming in the game, which I guess, you know, they have a rotation and they're going to stick to it. They don't want to get Jordan too tired, I guess. They've got a snap uh, count on him. Uh, but but yeah, that did concern me. I mean, there were some pretty gaping holes. The tack, you know, we've 
every now and then the bad tackling uh, yeah. raises its ugly head, and it did again last night uh, at times. So uh, that's a concern, um, you know, especially, you know, when you're down 17 nothing. I mean, I, I, I credit them for, for sticking with it. But, uh, you know, and, I, and at one point I'm thinking, you know, Zeke's done. He's toast. He can't help them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zeke starts running all over the place. So. Yeah, it looked like Zeke from five years ago at certain yeah. points in that game. He 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 really had a good game. One of the few Cowboys you go well, and he had a good game. No question yeah. about it. Tomo, I want your theory on this. I should have a theory. Maybe J Max got a theory, but I don't know that anyone can actually explain it. The Eagles have scored 121 points in the second quarter in their first six games. It's the most ever by any team in the history of the National Football League in second quarter scoring. Now, I know that's kind of a fine line that you're drawing there, but the Dallas Cowboys haven't scored haven't scored as many points in their entire six games. The Cowboys have been outscored by the Eagles in the second quarter. Now, because they've scored as many second quarter points as they have, they haven't scored near as much in the second half as uh, they should or other teams have. They're the, the most dominant second quarter team in the history of the league. <laughs> Doesn't really guarantee anything, but it's kind of a stat that jumps off the paper. Is there any rhyme or reason to that being the case or an explanation of how you pull something like that off, but then it pales in comparison to the rest of the scoring that you have in the other three quarters of every game? If there is, Jody, I don't know what it is. Uh, and neither do I. Know. That's why I asked you, Dom. I figured you had a better guess than I did. Well, I'm going to throw I'm, guessing. I'm gonna throw something out at okay, you Okay, go with it, J-Mac. Well, it, we all talk about the last drive, which was 13 plays, 75 yards. They took 737 off the clock. They've done it three times now in the fourth quarter. Um, the, Their first scoring drive was 15 – Plays 80 yards, seven, they took 736 off the clock. 14 of those plays were in the first quarter. 14 of those plays were in the first quarter. The first play of the second quarter that happened, Miles Sanders happened to take it in. So, you know, part of this is just an anomaly. I yeah. mean, they dominated the, the, the end of the first quarter with this massive 15-play drive. And then they turn the field, they go to commercial, they come back, they score, uh, you know. So I, I don't know if you look into it each game, I don't know how much it means other than you'd prefer they get off to better starts, you know, in the first drive, I guess. Yeah. But, A more yeah. accurate probably way to gauge what's going on with them offensively is look at the possession number. Uh they're not very good on their first possession yet this yeah. season. I think yeah. once uh, second possession, they're not much better. Then third, it kicks in, and the third possession typically is either at the end of the first quarter or the beginning of the second quarter. So, uh, you know, th the, that's when. Now, the thing that concerns me right now is 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 second is the second half. Uh, you, regardless of how many points they're scoring in the second quarter or, or, or what kind of lead they have. Um, well, if you have a lead, you're obviously going to just start pounding it, but, uh, they need to, they need to step on people's neck here. They can't, they can't do what they did yesterday and what they did against Detroit. Those things can't happen in the playoffs because 
if you know you're going to you're going to lose control and, and you're going to end up losing a game and be eliminated. So uh, that's what they need to focus on is a second half performance. Well, here's a question from me since I bring up those two drives, sort of the 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 bookend drives. The first one, 15 plays, 80 yards. 736 the last one 1375 737 mm-hmm. you know if you talk to Jonathan Gannon and Damo and and a lot of defensive coordinators not just JG what are, they always say extend drives make people go 15 plays make people go 13 plays 14 plays they're going to make a mistake the Eagles don't make mistakes on these long drives what what yeah. I mean uh, is is that something to worry about, or is that just the a good football team? Because it might be a holding penalty, might be a delay of game, might be a false start. They keep getting these massive drives. It's it's pretty yeah. amazing. They've you know they've been able to overcome a lot of their pre snap penalties. Uh, I think one reason is Jalen's ability to run with the ball kind of helps. Um, so that you know, you're not always when, when you're when you're when you're the defense going up against them. You're you're. It's never an obvious passing situation for them because of the way they're able to run the ball, the yeah. way that read option and the RPOs are working. Um, so, uh, but and and then they do, you know you're uh, the thing about those long drives is you're always the the the, the theory has always been you make a team drive. 15 plays, they're going to fumble. They're going to screw up somewhere. They're going to turn the ball over. They're not doing that. Uh, So that's, I mean, that's been the key going back to what we talked about in the beginning is it's just their, their, their giveaway uh, number here is amazing. Let me ask you about the fact that we are now on the bye. And uh, that means Johnny Mac and I have to come up with stuff to talk about for the next two weeks, but we will because they're six and oh, but is it a good timing? Uh, I think it was I saw Chauncey Gardner after the game going, yeah, I'm looking forward to the buy. You kidding me? I got kids. I got this. I got I the other thing. Put all that aside, and I'm not begrudging the Eagles players a buy. More power to them. They kind of earned it at six and zero. But in a perfect world, better to have the buy two weeks from now, three weeks from now. Break up the middle of the season. Uh, you never know the way it's going to shake out if you got a bunch of injuries and you get into the bye. That's a good thing. You get guys back and you get a little bit more rested. Bye with a 6-0 and number hanging on the scoreboard. Good thing or bad thing for the Eagles, Damo? I think it's a good good thing right now. I mean, certainly good thing for uh, Lane Johnson. Uh, gives his uh, concussion one more extra week to, to uh, heal. Um you know, most of their buys, it seems, in recent years have been right around Halloween, uh, first week in November. The injuries already happen, and then we're talking about them healing. You know, I mean, they have some injuries, but, I mean, this is this will be interesting to see how it works from a preventative standpoint, having a week off now. Uh, you know, they come back to a schedule that's just too good to be true. I uh, know. I they know. should be. You know, 9-0 and seems like almost a certainty right now if you, you know. Uh, at, at you look at them, their next three opponents. So I think it's a good time, Jody. I, I really do. I think, uh, you know, you don't want to push the envelope and, and risk injuries like if and not have your buy until week eight, nine, ten. So I like it. Yeah, I think it – well, I think it's good for the offensive line, as you mentioned, Lane Johnson. But not only Lane, Landon Dickerson has been fighting through this foot 
ankle injury. Jordan Mailata is not 100%. He fought through his shoulder. So uh, getting those guys calmed down, and obviously Jason Kelsey fighting through everything that he usually fights through. Um, I prefer a little bit later, but, you know, what can you do? Uh, They had a late buy last year. I think that was helpful, but they're, they're pretty healthy overall except for that offensive line. The offensive line keeps performing. Um, I, I want to talk about Nick Sirianni turning into Brandon Staley early in this game. I mean, fourth downs, fourth and three from the Dallas 38 demo. Um, and they it was a good play call by Shane Steck, and they get uh, A.J. Brown loose, easy conversion. <laughs> and then I'm saying to myself – then it comes down to fourth and four at the Dallas 10. I'm like, all right, fourth and four, you got to kick the field goal. Jake Kelly, take the lead, three nothing. Nope. They're going to go for it. They didn't have to go for it because Dante Fowler jumped off sides. Um, very undisciplined play. What kind of pressure is that putting on the defense? So you have to, you have to be out there for four plays and plus territory. And Matt tells you, look, you only got to get 10 yards, right? So that's, you know, four plays, 10 yards, Jalen Hurts. You know, Nick is right now like a a guy with the dice. And, I mean, everything's coming up seven. And he's just letting it ride. I mean, you're 6-0. and Uh, you got your fearless, uh, you know, you've got a quarterback that's going to – is automatic on anything, you know, one or less – uh, I mean, he's just confident that they're going to make it. And if they don't, he's confident that his defense will stop him. Uh, did you guys, he, real quick, did you guys see how Dallas on television sold out for those quarterback sneaks? Oh, the one where the guy timed it and tried yeah. to come flying over the top. Yeah, it was Vanderesh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and they couldn't stop it. And they sold out completely. I was thinking, yeah. man, if the Eagles just throw this ball, it's a touchdown. They, they sold out completely and they couldn't stop it. You know, everybody wondered, remember we were a few weeks back there, they were showing clips on TV of, of Jalen doing deadlifts at, uh, in high school and college. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, the 620 deadlift, uh, you know, it comes in handy on quarterback sneaks <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're bowling through that line and plus, especially when you're being pushed by at least two players, which, yeah, so, I hate that. By the way, they got to change that rule back to what it was. You should I not be had, able to push. Yeah. I, 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 I thought they had, had banned that, but apparently, apparently not. Yeah. But they seem to be the only team that does it. So I don't know what the they, deal is. They're going to call. They are going to ban that, and they're going to call it the Jalen Hurts rule. They are. <laughs> they are going to call it the Jalen Hurts. That I mean, Eagles fans love it for obvious reasons, but that's terrible. You shouldn't be able to push people yeah. across. It made no sense when they got rid of the rules. So I'm with you. They're probably going to reinstate it. And it it might be because Jalen Hurts is virtually unstoppable on that play. Uh, And the one thing I did see on TV, don't know if you caught that, John, because you're down there, I don't know if you saw it. The Cowboy player that got called for offside because he was basically prone on the ground. He was so motivated to be low man on the dive that he was like, (laughs) crawling and he jumped a little bit had his helmet equal with the football and uh, good on the referees they got one that right that was absolutely offside and it was at a uh, pretty important time for the Eagles to be able to run out the clock yeah yeah but I mean the the, uh, 
you know, the, the Cowboys had a couple of bad, bad uh, uh, moments. The Michael I mean, Parsons on the on the penalty. Moment. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, you know, but, uh, and, and the Eagles have also not had a ton of penalties. You have to throw that into the equation yeah. as well, because last year, especially at the start of the season, that was an issue. Now, we got to get to the elephant in the room, Damo. Special teams every week, something on special teams. Look, when you're 6-0, and everything's great. Yeah, yeah, nobody cares. Nobody talks about it. Nobody cares. This has got to bite them at some point, doesn't it? You would think. I mean, that long kickoff return yesterday, the they're getting nothing from the return game. I mean, just absolutely nothing. Uh, I think uh, – they're 32nd in kickoff return average. They're 25th or 26th in punt return average. Uh, again, you're right. Right now, everything's gravy and you're just ignoring it. But there's going to be a close game here where those are things that are going to matter. Uh, and they really need to figure out what, you know, the problem. They've got two weeks before, uh, you know, b- before the trade deadline. I don't know if, if it's, me- you know, if it's personnel, but if it is, Rather than scheme, they, they need to fix it. Uh, they need to find somebody. Now you say they need to find somebody. Do they need to find a new special teams coordinator? Oh. Very infrequently. Nobody's see... getting fired at six and oh, Jody. Come on. No, uh, no. That's yeah, I I, I kind of knew it was almost a rhetorical question. But we're sitting here today and going, yeah, but special teams. So Michael Clay gets the shield of six and zero, despite the fact that their special teams is one of the worst in the National Football League. That what you tell me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that shield of six and zero is pretty powerful. <laughs> <laughs> you, could rob, you could rob a bank right now. I don't think you get fired. Yeah, yeah all right, that's fair enough. And uh, Eagles not taking foolish penalties. Uh, Derek Barnett being out, possibly. I don't know. I'm just just pointing that out <laughs> that that could be a contributing factor to the Eagles not taking foolish penalties. Um, Damo, with the fact that they were able to run out the clock and do it again the way they did last night, I, it just if you're an Eagle fan, it's got to make you feel better because you had confidence that when you need to reach into your back pocket, play that trump card, <laughs> you can do it. What's it do yeah. for the confidence of this football team? That uh, they know when or if we need to get the job done, we just go back to doing what we do best, which is run it down people's throats. Yeah, a lot. And, you know, especially the way they're doing it. I mean, one of the things that impressed me with their strategy last night is, you know, everybody's wondering, what, how do you, what do you do with Micah Parsons? Well, they attacked him. I mean, they made him make the decision what to do on those options. And, and then they did the other thing. You know, I mean, if he, if he went with Jalen, he handed off which was the case most of the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you always hear that the you know the best thing to do against a great player is go right at him. And that's pretty much, you know, what they did after early on when, when you know, when he was, when he was uh, getting in the backfield. Yeah. A couple of years ago, when Doug was here, they did that with Von Miller. Uh, they went right at him. And I think they scored 50 in that game. That was, uh, and they yeah, did a tremendous job. Yeah. Uh, and Nick said, all week behind the scenes. Then he said it uh, in front of the cameras yesterday. If you can't block them, read them. Um, and they couldn't block Micah Parsons, so they right. they read him a little bit. And it worked. I mean, he still made some plays. He's a great player. Yeah. Great, great player. Really difficult to block. Well, you bring up I'll, – I'll leave it here with you. At P. Damo, read Damo, the33rdteam.com. 
jacobsports.com every Friday with a stat package. Um, trading deadline, November 1st uh, this year. Uh, that's how we need to do anything with this team. Other than maybe a slight tweak, special teams, but we're not talking Christian McCaffrey. People bring up Christian McCaffrey. They loved him, by the way, in 2017, Tom. They loved Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yeah. Miles Sanders having a good year, though. Really good year. Would you mess with this? I wouldn't mess with this. No, no. Uh, I mean, the, the only thing I could see them doing is getting rid of somebody. Uh, if somebody was desperate enough to give them a high draft pick for like Andre Dillard or something like that. Uh, but even that right now, when you're watching, you know, the injuries they're suffering to the offensive line, you just want to stamp Pat with everything you got. Uh, so I don't see that happening, but you're right. You're six and oh, don't mess with success. And that was one of the things I wanted to give Gannon credit for, because as the uh, secondary played the best game I've seen an Eagle secondary play in, couple of years two of those guys were late acquisitions they didn't get uh, bradbury till after all the offseason was over and done with they didn't add chauncey gardner until like 20 minutes before the year started and to be able to plug those guys in and get them up to speed and playing at the level they're playing at uh, you got to give the defensive uh, backfield coach a, a big nod and uh, gannon for being able to deploy them the way that he does can they make a trade for a special teams guru? A guy who does just everything on special teams. I know we're harping on special teams. Sorry, it is what it is. Um, and I don't even know who that guy is. I, I apologize for not knowing. But is that a possibility, a road they would go down? If there is a guy they could bring in, and you got to be able to get him up to speed in season, which isn't easy, but would it be easier or more difficult for a special team standout star to be incorporated on the fly in the middle of a year? You know, I, mean, I don't see it happening because I think their problems are more on the return than they are with, with a guy like, you know, the guys that they've had in the past. Chris, uh, help me here. Maragos and uh, the other guy, that uh, the tall, thin guy from uh, Brian. Uh, Brian Brayman, yeah. Right. Guys like that aren't going to help your return game a whole lot. They're going to help you. You know, if you're having trouble in coverage and, and while that, you know, that oh, long they, they can use some help there too, Dom. Well, I saw Cowboy guy go right up the field for 65 last night. That was an exception rather than the rule this year. Their bigger problem has been, in, you know, when they've been returning. Uh, so, but I mean, I don't know who's out there return wise that would help. And again, I haven't looked at their schemes enough to know if, if there's their breakdowns are more you know they're not Britton Covey's fault there which I which I don't think they are I mean there's just when he gets the ball there's people swarming him like bees so uh, I think the problem is people blocking or how you have them blocking Uh, and again we get back to the special teams coach there and they're not going to make a move there for a while so Dom, I got one last thing for you. Uh, because Eagles played night game, it was uh, good to be able to jump around and watch a whole bunch of <laughs> one o'clock games. J-E-T-S. The, the, the Jets look good. And yeah, I watched a bunch of that yesterday. The Packers, not so much. Man, what the, the bottom is falling out on that team. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, Johnny, I'll get to that in a little bit. But I just want to hit you specifically on the Giants. I, I didn't think the Giants were they, they, uh, preseason they're guaranteed to be below 500. I said there's this big disparity between the top two teams, 
Eagles, Cowboys, and the bottom two teams, Commanders and Giants. Well, I think I'm right about the Commanders, but the Giants are legit. Wink Martindale yeah. has done a great job putting that defense together, incorporating what he's uh, uh, got up there. I had Bob Pop on my uh, national show last night, the voice of the Giants, and he said, Wink came in and said, listen, I'm going to evaluate all you guys, then we're going to build the defense. I'm not going to come in and tell you this is the way we have to play defense. No, I got to see the pieces that I have. And he has built his defense around the talent that he has or doesn't have. And it's done a heck of a job. Giants, the unquestioned second best team in this division? No, I still think it's the Cowboys. I mean, keep in mind the Cowboys are without Dak, uh, they'll probably get him yeah. back this week. <clears throat> and without Schultz, who's probably their best uh, receiver. Uh, not counting, uh, you know, C.D. Lamb, maybe. Uh, so I still think they're the second best team. But I mean, I mean, Brian Dayball's uh, clearly a, a coach of the year candidate. I mean, they they have no they have no wide receiver you you've ever heard of. Uh, you know, Saquon Barkley's playing terrific, but the offensive line isn't very good. Daniel Jones is playing better than a lot you know a lot of people expected. Uh, and that and, defense and is Saquon, good. I mean, Saquon's playing like what they envisioned when they yeah. took him second overall. He's been, he's been dominant, but yeah, I'm yeah. really surprised. I still don't think the giants are good and I'm going to die on that Hill. I don't think Minnesota's <laughs> that good. They're five and one. I don't know. They, they were destroyed by a Miami team with backup quarterbacks, but they found a way to turn it over a couple times. and just let them go up and down the field. I think, I think eventually those, two teams come back to the pack. That's just my take. Yeah. You know, the, the thing about Minnesota, uh, I mean, they gave up, what, 163 yards rushing to the Eagles. I mean, you know, since yeah, then, yeah. it's right around 100. I mean, that's that's the that's what kind of differentiates the Eagles from a lot of these teams right now is their ability to run the ball against anybody. I mean, Minnesota, Jacksonville, and Dallas, I mean, they yeah. just, you know, they just can't handle that. You know, the, the read option, the RPOs, uh, and, and, and the decision-making that Jalen has showed in running them. I mean, he's he's been really – I mean, he's been sharp. Yeah. When they, have, when they have to, they pull out the trump card and say, we're coming right at you. We dare you to stop us. And the opposition hasn't been able to do that. Damo, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for getting up, putting the green on for us. Uh, you know, we'll get you up in a couple of weeks. Thanks for jumping in today, bud. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Thanks, Tom. Paul Domwich, you can read him at the33rdteam.com. And as John mentioned, he is on our website, jacobsports.com, on Friday with his uh, stat package, uh, as good as it gets, to get you prepped for the Eagles. He gave us the after-Eagles insight today. J-Mac and I will come back. We got more to do on uh, the Eagles game. And in hour number two, we got our boy Chris uh, Franklin. Eh, I was out this morning. What do you think, John? A little chilly? Franklin, um, Franklin inside or outside today? I, he's going to be outside. It wasn't too bad. And that was, you know, over an hour ago. I think he's going to brave the elements. I think he, you know, he, he's he's going to do it. He's... We shall see. I do want to jump in and uh, do some other around the uh, rest of the league, specifically NFC, Tampa, San Francisco, the Rams. Yeah, everybody. Everybody, and, 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 and please, can we go back to Thursday and talk about Justin Fields? Did I talk about that last week? Because I think Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears exemplified why the Eagles are so good more than anybody else. I okay. mean, they're trying no, we, to put we, the we square didn't... peg in the round hole. 
we didn't well no yeah yeah you did talk about it a little bit not not a lot um and i i agree with what you're saying but you got no pegs in chicago they got no talent whatsoever they uh i agree well well they do have one piece of talent and they don't utilize them correctly uh, other than the quarterback well no the quarterback Right, they that's have, what I'm saying. He is surrounded by no other pain. Oh, I agree. They're but leaving that, him out there on an island. He's got nobody to throw to whatsoever. Um, the the coaching is bad, but the general manager did him uh, no no uh, justice during this offseason. All right, yeah, we'll come back talk about the rest of the NFC. Maga Mac, McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Are we even on the air, Johnny Mac? Can you still hear me? I can still hear you. What's going on? Are the boxes tone? Where are you, bud? Uh, our producer. So we'll keep going. I assume we're still on the air, Jody. Uh, we haven't gone our cover. So obviously we're having some technical difficulties. But this gives me an opportunity, Jody, to um, continue with my... Yeah, uh, what were just- you uh, with Justin Fields? Uh, the fact that they're going bending over backwards to try and make him their type of quarterback in their system with the new coach at Iron. I agree with you, but, and he's supposed to be throwing it to who? Even if they, they built the offense no. around Justin Fields specifically to all his strengths, you got to have somebody throw it to, right? He used that very talented guys at Ohio state and he was great. They have yeah. no talent in Chicago other than the quarterback. I, I, I agree. The personnel stinks. So, I mean, and that's not really uh, Ryan Poles' fault yet. Um, obviously, new coach, Matt Eberflus, they ironically replaced uh, Ryan and, <laughs> and Matt, uh, Matt Nagy and, and, and Ryan Pace. But um, I, I was talking to a personnel guy about this, and it's like, all right, you know, you might have – not have the talent to be the Eagles, but I was talking to him in relation to the Eagles and how the Eagles have built their offense around Jalen Hurts. Yeah, maybe it's not going to be as successful, but the key is, especially with younger players, is to develop those players, develop that talent. So you're supposed to utilize what Justin Fields does well. To me, that would be doing what the Eagles do, making him that plus one. If you watched any of the Bears games, and I watched that entire game, all they do is when he does something by himself uh, and extends the running game or does something of that nature, um, other than that, they're completely incompetent. And they're not – they hired uh, Luke Getz. He was the quarterback coach from uh, Green Bay. And they basically parachuted Justin Beals into the Aaron Rodgers offense. And that's not fair to the kid. So, but my larger point from a Philadelphia perspective, Jody, is to me, and I realized nobody probably in Philadelphia was paying attention to that game. And if they were, it was because, you know, they wanted to spike the football on Carson Wentz again. But uh, because the Phillies are making their run and there's more important things. And that was an awful Thursday night game. But I, I was enthralled by just what a train wreck Chicago was and just how they're they're mishandling their young quarterback. And conversely, it shows you what Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen and Brian Johnson and Kevin Petulo have done so well with Jalen Hurts. I think it just, 
solidifies how good the Eagles coaching staff has been with Jalen Hurts. And uh, that's why that game, I looked at that game and I said, wow, that kind of shows you the difference between the Eagles coaching staff and a lot of other ones in this league. Here's, and you know how big a fan I was of Jalen Hurts coming out. I thought he should have been the second overall pick in the draft to my J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 instead of Zach Wilson. I was that big a fan. I, I think they did it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. They've done several injustices to him. Number one, for me, more so bigger than even the coaching, is the fact that you got to give them some, some, some bullets. That they have nothing on the outside. Their tight end is nothing special whatsoever. When you make the move to go up in the first round to get a first round quarterback, it's kind of obligatory that you need to give him assistance on the offensive side of the ball. Like you, like you said, Howie Roseman. Yeah, let's go get AJ Brown. Uh, could can you do it any better than the Eagles did? The answer is no. The Bears did nothing, nothing to help uh, Justin Fields during this offseason. Your point about the coaching staff, they're coming in and dictating things. I just told you, I talked to Bob Papa last night on my national radio show, and he said, Wink Martindale came in and said, well, I'll I'll adjust to you guys. I'm coming in to join your team. I'm going to look at all the talent. We're going to work as a coaching staff, and then we're going to put a game plan in place that emphasizes what you guys do well, which is the way I think every coaching staff should look at things. And I think you're right in Chicago. They're dictating terms. We're going to do exactly what we want to do. And you players have to do things that you've never been asked to do before or are incapable of doing because we have our system and that's the way it's going to run. Shame on the Bears for that. But I got to also be honest. It feels to a couple of lousy passes. He is... No, oh, yeah. It, it might be because of what you said that he's being asked to do something he's never been asked to do before. But he's like trying to throw darts. When you go back in the National Football League, the defense, even a defense like the Commanders, which isn't getting great pressure these days, and they're coming at you, you got to get the ball out quick. You got to get it out on a line. He's back, he's dancing, and he's soft tossing balls out, trying to get the perfect touch on every throw. The NFL is a speed game. You got to be able to zip the football in the National Football League. Now, I'm not asking him to be Aaron Rodgers, even though his coach might be asking him to be Aaron Rodgers since he had Aaron Rodgers as long as he did. But a couple of his throws just weren't good. Guys were open, and he was just soft tossing it out there, trying to put the perfect feel on it. it, it let it rip, Justin. That That's what got you no, into the first I, round. I, let it I, rip. I, Look, no doubt about it. There was a one, I think it was Griffin, the tight end, wide open for a touchdown, wide open. And he just missed him completely. And, you know, at one point, is that a self-fulfilling prophecy in the fact that, okay, we've seen quarterbacks in the past lose confidence. um, And 
yeah, they start making throws like that. You know, maybe the best example of that was David Carr. Um, you know, Derek Carr's brother back in the day is the number one overall pick. Different reason just got just destroyed behind maybe the worst offensive line in NFL history and took sack after sack after sack after sack. And he was never the same same guy. It wasn't like he didn't have talent. And by the way, the failure of David Carr is a lot of the reason why Derek Carr wasn't a first-round pick because people unfairly blamed uh, David Carr's struggles on Derek Carr, which right. is dumb, but that happens. It happens. Um, so here's what I could tell you. I don't know if Justin Fields could be a star but I do know if he had the same coaching in Chicago as, he, as Jalen Hurts has here, he'd be better. How much better? I don't know. But I guarantee he'd be better. And that, to me, is impressive about the Eagles coaching staff. They have done a uh, nice job since the day Sirianni got here, but they've taken it to another level this year. Uh, and that's with uh, the additions that that Howie Rosen made. Uh, I said this about the Phillies uh, yesterday on the air their game four victory the clinching victory was a Dave Dombrowski win um, Marsh and Syndergaard uh, and uh, those guys being able to uh, do what they did were was pretty damn impressive Howie Roseman needs to get some credit I know Howie has always talked about here in this town but guess that that's because he should be uh, the additions he's made the change they made the, the Bradbury uh, pickup, the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson trade. Um, yeah, they, they've added guys that the coaching staff has been able to put in and balance between playing to their strengths and the coaching staff's strengths. Right now, John, uh, unlike some other teams, the Bears, in the NFL, football, in the NFL uh, they're, they're striking that perfect balance of uh, coaching staff and talent, and that's a uh, acknowledgement of both Sirianni running his staff and Howie Roseman running his player personnel staff. Well, it looks like we got our boxes cleared up, so now we're we people can see us. So Xander Krause has hopped in. We had some technical issues. Are we ready to go to a break, break Xander? Can we do that, or are we still having uh, technical issues? All right, we can go to a break. All right. Yes, because we've got Chris Franklin scheduled to join us coming up in a couple. Uh, for those of you who are getting us, because we have no idea what was going on here. Johnny Mack and I have just been BSing for the last 15 minutes, <laughs> not knowing whether we were actually going out to the world or not. If we were and you enjoyed, go ahead and hit that like button. You could show your boys a little uh, love here. And uh, we love having Chris Franklin on. He's coming up shortly here on Birds 365. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene 
go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jaffe Ambrosio Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. An undefeated Monday because yes, the Eagles won again. They are now six and zero, oh, the only undefeated team left in the National Football League. And there's only a couple of five and ones, one of which was already dispensed by the Philadelphia Eagles. That would be the Minnesota Vikings, the New York Giants at five and one, and uh, Buffalo with their win over Kansas City. Yes, they got to five and one over in the uh, AFC. Um, my buddy uh, Zach Galbo, I do. Two hours with on Ion Football. I helped close out his eight-hour marathon shift uh, and lend a helping hand for his last two hours before I do my own little two-hours show. Asked me yesterday, did the NFC make up ground in comparison with the AFC yesterday? I said, no. They had five intra-conference uh, games. The AFC won three of them. Um, they are the more balanced conference. Right now, there are only four teams Four teams in the NFC that are over 500, Johnny Mac, and three of them are in the NFC East. Yeah. The only other team that's over 500 is the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, the NFC is weak again. That's why the Eagles at 6-0 and are in such good position. Yeah, the Giants are still only a game back, and you got to give them the nod for what they've achieved so far. But Tampa, 3-3, three and three. Rams, 3-3, three and three. Packers, 3-3. Three and three. Those were the three teams that before the year started – even the 
most optimistic of Eagle fans, you had to say, well, we got to catch them. Why? Because they've been doing it for years, and they did it last year, and they were ahead of the Eagles. So you had to get them. Eagles have put three games on Tampa, the Rams, and the Packers, and your 49ers yesterday. Man, that was a letdown. How do you go in and not be able to stop the Atlanta Falcons? I know they got a lot of injuries on defense, but the 49ers. By the way, the Falcons are three and three. There's a lot of these teams. The Seahawks are three and three. Um, Yeah, everybody's three and three in the NFC. Yeah, I I think the NFC West, I thought that was the best division. Um, It hasn't been. Um, Not even Best division in the NFC or the NFL? The NFC. I thought the AFC West was the best division. Exactly. And that hasn't been. And um, man, oh man, yeah. that's not, they, they, they can't get out of their own way in that division. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Um, speaking of your old friend, Geno Smith, um, what is he going to get paid if he continues to play at this level? I mean, talk about a late bloomer. Um, he's played well. They didn't score a ton of points yesterday. But they're winning games. Um, you know, well, they're three and three. He's played well. I think Pro Football Focus had him graded the number one quarterback in the NFL coming into this week. Um, and and oh, by the way, if you don't like Pro Football Focus, and you know, at least my take on it, I think John and I are close, but not exactly the same. Sometimes they just confound me with the way they do things and evaluate and break down film. He's the number one. I he was coming into this week the number one passer rating quarterback in the NFL too. So it's not just the way they break down film on yeah. Pro Football Focus. The stats say the same thing. He's been the best quarterback in the NFL at least from a passer rating standpoint. Which I love saying this. Um, I, I don't know who created this uh, quote, but I've been overusing it for years. Democracy is the worst um, government in the world except for every other one. Uh, that's the way I say I feel about passer ratings. It's the worst way to decide how good a quarterback is, except for every other way that you go about deciding how good a quarterback is. It's the best of a bad lot is what it is. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to punch it up right now and see if that's still the case. He was the top-rated quarterback as per passer rating in the National Football League. Yeah, you well, he only had over it. with a feather. He only had an 82.3, so he might – I don't know if he's still number one, but he still played well. He played um, winning football, as they say. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bad quarterbacks in this league, and Geno Smith is proving that he is a legitimate starting quarterback. And if you would have told me that, you could have knocked me over with a feather, uh, Jody. Um, you know, Marcus – I'll give you the top four quarterbacks. Sorry to interrupt you, John. Um, now, why don't we start at number six? Number six rate, rated quarterback passer rating in the NFL, Jalen Hurts, 98.4. Number five, Justin Herbert, 100.8. Number four, Patrick Mahomes, 106.1. Number three, Geno Smith. Geno Smith, third in the National Football League at 108.1. Number two, Josh Allen, 109.1. And still at number one. Tua Tungai-Vailoa is the still top-rated quarterback. Now, he hasn't played in three weeks, but he was 109.9 when he went down. And, oh, by the way, Dolphins were 3-0, and are now 3-3. and Yeah, and oh. by the way, he got cleared by his 77th concussion specialist, so he's finally going to be able to play. 
you know, I felt bad for Miami this week because they got two quarterbacks cleared from concussions, but they couldn't play either of them because of the lunacy. Oh, but they did. Um, they he, did. You talk about the lunacy. He's not good enough to start. I know. Eddie Bridgewater gets cleared. He's not good enough to start. But Skylar Thompson goes down. So guess what? Teddy Bridgewater go into the game. Yeah. Either he's healthy to play or he's not healthy to play. What does it matter if it's the first snap or the 47th snap of the game? Exactly, Jody. And that's what I was getting to. And he jumped the gun on me. Sorry. The lunacy of, of, of these people. And yeah, I'm talking about the Twitter critics who think they know more about head injuries than neurologists. I can't even speak logically to these people. And the Dolphins, by the way, look, at some point, you got to put your foot down and say, you know what? We're not playing this game because you got to win football games. We're not playing because if Tua plays that game, they win easily. They win easily. I mean, they win going away. And he's cleared. Now, maybe they wouldn't have played him because he hasn't practiced in a couple weeks, but I doubt it. They would have put him out there. Um, but they're worried about the, the 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 PR aspect of it. I mean, somebody's got to stand up to these lunatics, Jody. You don't know more than neurologists on well, here's, Twitter. Here's where I'll cut. I, I'm not cutting them any slack, Jody. I, I am, I'm going to explain to you why I'm going to cut them some slack. Do you really believe the Dolphins made their decision because of what was out in the Twitterverse? Or do you think they're making their decision based on what the NFL is telling them? Now, the NFL is reacting to the Twitterverse. That I give you. But I don't think the Dolphins did what they did because of critiques from media or fans. Well, I don't want to stick. I think they're getting their marching orders directly from the commissioner's office going into this week as to who is or isn't cleared to play. Well, I think they're married. I think they're – and I don't want to just blame it on Twitter. I, You know, social media in general. But – no, I think they're worried about the PR fallout. I think the league is, and I think the Dolphins are, and they're in concert. I think the Dolphins were worried because the league was worried. But, yeah, it's a chicken and an egg. So, um, Yeah, I'm, I'm they're, definitively they're, saying the chicken comes first. That the um, NFL well, might, dictated to I'm, the Dolphins ultimately, what they could or couldn't do. Ultimately, they're, they're both part of the same entity, and they're both worried about the PR aspect. So the larger one, if we want to blame it on the NFL, blame it on the NFL. Well, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that part of it. But the absurdity, as you mentioned, of Teddy Bridgewater being cleared, being active, but we're not going to play him, but then they have to play him, and then it's okay? Right. I mean, th- th- these these people are too dumb to exist, these, these critics. I'm sorry. Yeah, I and, and 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 the same goes. Tua's got to go to Pittsburgh to meet with Dr. Joseph Maroon and uh, he's got to go to three other people just to satiate these morons. I I I I I've had it, Jody. I've had it. The the shot to the head that uh, Teddy Bridgewater could have took in the fourth quarter was so much less than the one he could have taken yeah. in the first quarter yeah. had he started the game. Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Yeah. I, uh, we see Chris Franklin in the green room. I don't know that we've been completely in control of all our capabilities today. Yeah, uh, there we're he is. hoping that he gets oh, punched up. We had him for a second. He was there for a millisecond, but then he dropped off. And it, uh, I believe he was outside. So I win 
No, I don't know. I looked to me like he had a backdrop there. Oh, did no. he? Damn. I, I think All he right, was power. I think he was on the porch. I'm going in closed porch. If we can um, get him back up porch. here in a second. The Mike um, Gill trademark in closed porch. Yes, we're I, I, that was just the little bit that I saw in our uh, technical green room. I, I might have like, jumped the gun. I you might, might, uh, the gun. you might have, and it looked like he had a little bit of a coat on too. So uh, Franklin, like you, was up till the wee hours of the morning. So he's making sure that he's uh, up to broadcast standards and taking good care of himself. And we appreciate that about Chris. Uh, we're hoping to be able to get him up. Uh, as those of you who've been streaming in with us all day long, thank you very much for that. Um, but yeah, we've had a couple technical dif difficulties, so we're going to once again try and get Chris Franklin. By the way, and can, can I say we got Chris again? Uh, Sander, can you bring him up? There, there he is. Are you inside or outside? We're betting on this, Chris. Are you in the enclosed porch? For those who are looking to wager on this, we are outside still. Yes, uh, I'm a loser. Yes. I, I said I predicted Chris Franklin would would would. Uh, be tougher for longer, as Jordan Mailata said, and be outside. Uh, it's a nice day. Uh, you know, took the dog out, a little chill, but I, I, it's now an extra hour. Chris Franklin, outside. I love it, Jody. Appreciate it. Appreciate your toughing it and joining us, Chris. All right. Um, last night, nice night, too. Wasn't all that uh, chilly last night at uh, – the link, uh, Eagle fans came ready to roar and scream. How much of that played last night? Home, home field. I'm just interested because I was at Citizens Bank Park for the Phillies game number three. And man, it actually, I think, was a factor in the outcome of the game. How much was it a factor last night for you? I think it was huge. I think a lot of times when you look at a lot, a lot of people are going to go it's obvious, especially when you're a visiting team and you're starting, you're trying to make the audibles at the line and try to check, especially when you saw what the Eagles were trying to do mixing up the coverage looks. But I think overall, when you look at just overall, I think it, I think it may have rattled Rush a little bit, especially after they were down by a touchdown. And you start to see me start to press a little bit, and then that really, really compounded things more and more. So I think overall, I think the, the Eagles fans did a good job showing up and showing out and, and being loud there. Speaking of the fans, I have to get clarification on this because I got yelled at. I tweeted, Whoa. you know, kind of flippantly. I, I was not paying attention, but uh, Dr. Jill Biden was there, the FLOTUS, the first lady of the United States. And she got booed at the coin toss. At least I thought she got booed. But then everybody jumped down my throat because the world is so political. And they said, there's no video of it. There's no video. So I'm looking around. Did, did she get booed? Because I think she got booed, Chris. She got booed. And then what happened, I, I got to see the broadcast like on, on NFL Plus. I saw the broadcast copy. What they did was they piped up the sound back when they were playing, uh, when they were doing the Eagles fight song. So by then, everybody had stopped booing. Oh, they were singing the Eagles fight song. But yeah, she, she, she was booed. She was booed. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was going crazy. I thought I was going crazy because everybody was attacking me and saying, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "She, she got booed." It was the broadcast. It was, it was, it was the broadcast. It, it was, it was a nice way of trying to go. Oh, look at this, and just make it even kill, and not upset anybody. But yeah, it was, it was some vo very vocal ones at that. All right, the Eagle fans did not do any booing when the Eagles took the drive in the fourth quarter down the field ran it down the throats of the Dallas Cowboys when they needed to put the game away. They put the game away. 
Uh, that is what the Eagles do best. It was last year. It is again this year. This is not a knock or a question of A.J. Brown or Jalen Hurts' ability to throw or Devonta Smith or Dallas Goddard. We know they're really good players. As good as they are, the Philadelphia Eagles are best when they run the football. Are they not, Don? They are. And that's the thing I, I I didn't get when it came to the second half. They were getting a lot of chunks of yards, moving the ball down the field in the first half. And then when they came out, and, and this – it's almost like it's the damn they do, damn they don't when it comes to this because you want to see them be aggressive. You want to see them take them shots, especially in the second half where they haven't put up as many points as they have. And then they try to throw the ball a lot. And you're looking like some of the routes they're running, especially with a backup right tackle in there who I thought even with everything did a decent job, but you still you're playing with fire with Micah Parsons just waiting around there. Yeah. You thought they were running the ball more, and they didn't. And I, I think – it, when all else fails with this team, they, they just go back to the run game and, and use it and just work everything off of that because teams respect it. Everybody's a pat, it's a passing league now. Everybody's running the spread four wide, five wide, empty sets, whatever variation of wide receivers you have out there. I don't think I just look overall. I don't think a lot of the, the players are like well equipped to stop the run. So if you're looking at the secondary, how many secondary guys do you see now going out there and willing to throw a shoulder in there and tackle? I mean, yeah. Even from the Eagles' perspective, look, I think the reason Dallas got back in the game similar to Detroit in week one, when they were down 20 to nothing, 20 to three, they did not abandon the running game. I think the Eagles expected them to, and they didn't. And all of a sudden, here comes Zeke Elliott, here comes Tony Pollard. And they're able to move the football, and that creates a little play action so you can throw it a little bit off of that. And then you have the final drive from the from the Eagles offense, and they've done this three times where they just drain the clock. The first 10 of 11 plays on that drive, Chris, were run plays, and really the other one was a glorified run to Miles yeah. Sanders. <laughs> so – 11 consecutive run plays, and then they cap it with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, back-to-back passing plays, and they were wide open. Why? Because Dallas was getting the football shoved down the throat on, on the ground. For the most part, the Eagles understand how good they are running the football, but why did they get away from it? Is it just because... Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie want him to be a passing team? I think it's more in, in their nature. When you look at Shane's nature, when you look at Nick's nature, they like they like throwing the ball. I mean, when you look at backgrounds with the quarterbacks, they threw the ball a lot. Granted, their quarterbacks were like Phil Rivers and, and some of those guys of those ilk, but I think they generally like throwing the ball. And then you also have these receivers. And it's when you have these new toys, it's like, oh, wow, one plays at Christmas. You can't forget about the old one you had when he comes a running back. So I think it's a little bit of both of that, but they – I, I just don't – sometimes I just wonder, like, why – don't don't try to force yourself to be something – oh, now we got trains now. Don't try to force yourself to be something you're not, and then you're <laughs> oh, going that way, we too. Yeah. Thank oh, you for my. confirming that. Oh, I'm going inside. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going uh, inside. I thought I we love the train. We love the atmosphere. Oh, all right, cool. All right. We love the atmosphere. <laughs> we're, just, we're, we're pimping you, not the train. So uh, <laughs> feel free to stay right where you are. Um I, I was a little scared coming into this game. Both John and I picked the Eagles to win. I think John picked them by nine. I picked them by seven. And, of course, the Eagles won by eight. So it fell right in the middle. Um, I I thought the Dallas defense could give them some issues. And they did in those first two possessions of the second half. But they were able to come out 
and run the football the way that they did. Do we just, again, acknowledge how good their offensive line is, even without Lane Johnson down there, that they can dictate terms at the line of scrimmage? Because that that basically put the game away from the Eagles, the fact that they won in the trenches and they've been doing it all year, and that's why they're 6-0. and You have to, and, and I know there's not an official league award for assistant coaches per se like there is in college. I know the PFWA has one for assistants. You got you, Jeff Stoutland, the job he's done, and getting whoever pops in there. I mean, when you if you looked at just ask the regular NFL fan, just like, hey, we're gonna put on Jack Driscoll, Sue Opeta, and throw them in there, and you're gonna go against one of the more athletic front sevens that are in the league, and you're still gonna have some success. And people are like, who are they? A and B, no, just because of seeing that. And you look at the ability, the things he does, the way they, teaching the angles, teaching the way to fire out, just getting them the recognition. He's done a great job, and. As long the reason why this team is six and zero last solely, I think, well, not solely, but I think a big reason why they do that is because of this offensive line. And Jeff Downs should get a lot of that credit here. Yeah, and I love that Jordan uh, Jordan Malata's introduction said Jeff <laughs> Stoutman University. I love that from Jordan <laughs> Malata giving uh, Stout the credit. You know, I I agree. Obviously, the offensive line is tremendous and even when they lose lane johnson who's the best right tackle in the world as nick sirianni says um triscoll had some problems with micah parsons we'd all have problems with micah parsons but when they go straight ahead they can still do some things um even as impressive as that is though chris i look at this turnover ratio and they come they come into this game, number one in the NFL, right? Plus nine. Dallas is number two, plus five. And they're plus three in, in a game between the two teams that take care of the football the best. Cooper Rush had not thrown an interception, throws three in this game. Can this continue? I mean, they're plus 12. The second team is now plus four. That's, yeah. that's a pretty big gap. It's pretty tough, and, and I think it's an ebb and flow thing. And how as many times remember, like last year or two, where we're looking and you're going, "Hey, look at like why why aren't the Eagles getting turnovers? They're they're like toward the bottom." I think they, it's one of the things where I think they're they're in the flow right now, and, and it's going that way. And I think the main thing I think they have to continue to do is if they can get some monicum of a consistent pass rush it'll still be there because what these cornerbacks have do, done is done a good job trailing their receivers they've been setting bait, baiting the quarterback as well too and they baited cooper rush into a couple of those throws and when you look at what they've been able to do i think it's okay it's just going to rely on that on that front line especially when it comes to josh sweat brandon graham all, and, and hassan reddick and all those guys and you'd love to be able to say well we can coach them up to get turnovers I'm sorry, I don't know how you do that. That that to me is something. Don't you keep that's... the cup, Jody? Don't you keep the cup? You gotta keep the cup. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how you do it. Cup. Gotta <laughs> keep the cup. Uh, yeah, I'm not buying the cup. Sorry, it, it's a little. It's overall coaching and being in. A, but you can't just we. Well, here's what we're gonna do. Here's how we're gonna line up. Here's what we're gonna implement to get a turnover. It can't be done. Um, but can you do that with special teams? Um, <laughs> John said to me earlier, I said, Michael Clay, the Eagles special teams have been bad enough that we should at least be having a conversation of getting this guy help, if not getting him a spot on the unemployment line. 
John said the the shield of six and oh is impenetrable. There's no way that anybody's taking any grief when this team is six and oh. Should Michael Clay be taking grief for how bad the Eagles special teams have been? I think he should. I think and I think he should be more of an onus and and getting help to do that. I think when you look at you've had a block hit yeah, block kicks, you've got bad tackling angles, you got coverage being blown, the kickoff returns. It, it just seems like you're it's, it seems like for every way the Eagles office defense are trying to find ways to win, the special teams are have been trying to find a way to lose. And you can't have that when the last thing you need to do is everything just goes completely fine through the regular season and all of a sudden you find yourself in a dogfight and say like an NFC championship game and next thing you know, well, there's a kickoff return for, for a touchdown. And it, I don't know. Or you can and, lose a playoff game like Green Bay to San Francisco. And by the way, right. Green Bay, uh, with your Jets, Jody, they blocked another punt, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, special teams can matter in those big situations. The curse and, of Jalen uh, Rager. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a brain freeze here. Uh, Raiders coach from last year replaced Gruden, who's uh, now the Green Bay. Rich Passaccia. Passaccia, Yonkers yeah. boy, um, yeah. who I, I was hoping could keep the job in Denver. And, oh, by the way, uh, excuse me, with the Raiders, oh, by the way, he'd be better than the coach they have. Uh, but even he, it may, maybe it's something in the water in, in Green Bay yeah. that their special teams stink. Well, all right, Chris, uh, you know, instead of blaming Michael Clay, which, you know, I he am. deserves, yeah, everybody should, uh, but he's not getting fired. That's all I'm saying. Got right. um, it, it, we, we talk about, and he had a great offseason, but I'm going to look at Howie Roseman here. You know, this team used to have players – Four special teams. They used to have the Chris Maragoses. They used to have the Brian Bramans. Where's Chris Maragos on this team? Where's the Brian Brayman on this team? Where's the guy who's just good at special teams? Well, it's not Matt Leo. We know that for sure. So we have to- <laughs> well, he helps. He helps in practice. <laughs> I, I mean, it might have to come down to, and you don't want to do this right now this early in the season because you got a lot of veteran guys. But it might come down to that second half, but that last quarter of the season, you may have to use some of these veteran guys and pull them over. I mean, you don't want to keep putting TJ Edwards out. You don't want to put TJ Edwards out there or something like that, but you need guys who are a little bit more sure tackles, guys who know how to take a better angle to the ball in order to stop on a coverage route. And then when it comes to just the return game, I mean, short of, I don't know, short of like saying D-Jack or somebody else, there's not uh, really that. Don't say that. There. He's already, he's politicking <laughs> to get back. I mean, I, come on. That's the only, uh, that's the best return option that's out there if they go out there. And I don't think, I don't think they do it. They wasted, uh, they used all three elevations. I don't say wasted. They used all three elevations on uh, Britton Covey already. So, and when you look at that, you don't want to put Devonta Smith back there. Quez, you know, we've seen what he's done that way. So it's. I thought, I thought Andre yeah. Saturay was supposed to be a special teams guru. Am I missing he, his plays and his tackles that he's making on special? Teams? Well, he got elevated again. He's he's out of elevations. Um, no, you know, the, Andre was right. good. Andre was good at the beginning of last year, and then he kind of fell off. And people kind of forget that Josiah Scott, I think, it was Josiah, and uh, he he was benched as the gunner by the end of the season. So he didn't show consistency. Maybe Marcus Epps, um, you know, you talk about a starter who's got to play more on special teams. Maybe it's got to be Marcus Epps. Yeah, I don't know absolutely. who else it would be. 
that one last night was definitely on, uh, when I look when looking back a couple times now it definitely was on Chiron. He didn't keep contain on that side, and that just allowed for for him to go at, go on the outside. If, if he just stayed down, he settled down, he kept his outside shoulder out his outside shoulder free. That is limited right there. And with Chiron Johnson, he's usually a sure enough tackler when it comes on that side. So. And once again, that's a youth thing they got going on. So they trust in a lot of these young guys. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's hurt. By the way, you mentioned Marcus Epps on special teams, Johnny. I think he was the one who had his back to the Cowboys uh, returner. He's not even facing forward. He, he got turned around. All right. Well, maybe not. The yard maybe. line on that play. I'm going, he was more worried about the blocker he was taking on than the guy who actually had the football. I'm hey, just go trying. Back watch, I'm, go back I'm, and watch I'm, that kickoff again. They had a uh, great angle on. Yeah, I got. I got to watch. Marcus, so, are you are you watching the football? Are you do you know where the football is? Yeah, okay. maybe they just don't have that player on this team. They certainly don't have Chris Maragos on this team. I mean, maybe that's a, maybe that's a trade deadline acquisition. Maybe that's one where you look at see if you see a linebacker or a safety that's out there that does a really good job. You you have. Lord knows you got enough uh, draft picks to go with the inside. Maybe you throw somebody a sixth or a seventh and say, hey, we want this guy. Even if it's like a year left on their contract, hey, come over here. This is your job. Run down yeah, there. But the last thing you want to be is the Packers in the playoffs dominating a football game. But for whatever reason, maybe you're struggling offensively and boom, block, kick, return, something, block, field goal, and you lose a football game. And yep. – Nobody's talking about special teams now except us because uh, the Eagles are winning. But, man, every week it's something. And it's something different. You know, it might be coverage. It might be the return game. It might be a flub. It might be a block kick. Everything. It's unbelievable. But since we're spending so much time on special teams, Sipas with a good punt last night. Yeah, he's been uh, better the past couple it, weeks. Bounced it out of bounds inside the ten. Don't do any better than that. You got, you got no chance. And by to the way, Jake Elliott inside the ten. After one week, Cameron Dicker, Jake Elliott was great. Kicked a fifty-one yard field goal, no issues whatsoever. So, not everything. You know, you know what I find interesting too? When they put, I know they need the spot for the uh, practice squad. They put Jared Williams as a practice squad injury reserve. I'm wondering if they're really going to try to sneak him and keep him on their roster just in case something happens, so he won't go so well. So, I mean, somebody could sign him onto the active thing, but I'm like. Wait a minute, usually if you need that space, you'll just get rid of the kicker. But why is Jerry Williams all of a sudden on a practice injury report injured? And I love that Janarius Robinson. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the ankles yeah, popped the up. Yeah, the ankle popped up on Friday, magically. <laughs> We're all, well, who are the Eagles going to cut for Andre Dillard? I, I told Ed Kratz, Janarius Robinson, but I was thinking maybe he'd get cut because he'd already been here for three weeks. But Day that, magic, that magic ankle injury showed up. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, the flexibility in the rules in the NFL. All right, we've uh, all three sung the praises of that fourth quarter drive when the Eagles just imposed their will on the uh, Dallas Cowboy defense and ran it down their throats. The other thing that impressed me about that was all three burning backs contributed. Miles mostly, but Byron Scott got in there and got a key carry. Back-to-back Gainwell carries, including the move in the chains, nine-yarder. Who should we give credit to that for? So there's certainly the three players, but somebody's calling their number, putting them into the game, getting them the football. Is that a Steichen thing? Should we be giving the uh, quarter, the running backs coach 
credit for that. That was not only impressive for the overall accomplishment, but the, the guys who jumped in and contributed to it. Who gets the credit for that? Three guys. You give Steichen for still, well, Steichen when he sticks with it, it does well on that way. Jeff Stoutland, because he's a run game coordinator, and he uses that offensive line to find ways to get holes. And Jamal Singleton for getting all these guys ready to see what they've done. And, and that's this crazy thing about it. They still have Trey Sermon, who when he was given an opportunity, he was doing well too as, as a fourth running back. We can't, they don't normally carry four, but when you see these guys cycling, they all bring something different. I, I like the different routes. They I think when they want to go more north-south, if Miles is having a good game, he's breathing, they want to go more north-south, you throw in Boston, and the next thing you know, he's still he's contributing to a decent level. When you want to go to the passing game, you want that, you got Kenny, who's your best your best uh, receiving back. So they each bring something different to the table. But overall, I think you have to have you have to credit Steichen, Stoutland, and Singleton when it comes to the three S's. You got to go there when, when it comes to that running game. Miles is having a good year, though. He really yeah. is. He looks explosive. Uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Um, I did not see much of a path for him being back with the Eagles next season. Um, unless he was injured, you don't want something like that, and they could get him at a very cost effective rate. Um, that's probably not going to happen, although you know, people don't pay running backs that much. Is it time to start, start talking about Miles Sanders being back with the Eagles uh, next year? The only way I, I can see it happening, and you're right, it's just he to either go for you have to be like a Dalvin Cook or that tier type player to get the big money. And then after that, then they usually just go to draft and say, all right, cool, we'll just do this plug and play here or there. And beforehand, I, I know if it does happen, I think it's going to be one of the last signings to happen just because of the way the Eagles like to go to the line. And then you still have James Bradbury now who's going to command money. And, oh, yeah, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, two yeah. guys who showed, showed up last night. They were free agents too, and there's it's only a finite amount of dollars there. But I think if, if it was something – for me, if it it may sound ugly, the fans love it, but if it's something like a four or five year deal where you can space that money out and not make it a big cap, well, you know, it's going to be bit. yeah, voidable. Yeah. How he's going to you know yeah. leverage it to the hilt, but that, you know, it'll yeah, be yeah. two years. It, it's for, gonna, it, right. It's going to yeah. be a one or two year deal dressed yeah. up to be a five dressed year up. Deal. Yeah, it's yeah. not going <laughs> to be a five year. You don't yeah. get. And the only thing I'll say about Miles is this past off season. John and I went back and forth on this. And we're, from my estimation, we were both wrong. I said, there's no way Derek Barnett ever plays another snap in an Eagle uniform. I said, they've moved on. They need to move on. They got to move on. If Brandon Graham's coming back, they don't have a need for it. They have a son, Raddick. Forget it. He's done. He's gone. And John said, be careful because the Eagles do like him. The coaching staff likes him. They like the way he prepares and like he could get a, a fair multi year deal. They didn't even dress up his deal as a five-year avoidable <laughs> one-year deal. Here it is, take it or leave it. And he took it. The 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 league spoke as to what Derek Barnett's value was. Between you and I, I think the Eagles overevaluated him and overpaid him because he's a loyal Eagle who works hard who the coaching staff likes. And the injury is the injury. But I, I would not be surprised if it's the same thing with uh Miles this offseason that we'll all sit here and project. Well, somebody's going to get more money than the Eagles, except that nobody else does. And the Eagles give him a fair offer, and Miles decides to stay because he likes it here. Now, real quick on on Derek, Jody, they did dress it up. 
because uh, Eagles fans were upset. It was it was publicized as two years, fourteen million, and P- many Eagles fans were, like, "What are you doing, two years?" And it was really one year, <laughs> one year, uh, five. Usually they dress it up as four or five. They (laughs) dress it up as two. Yeah, they didn't didn't go the full tilt five-year avoidable years. Uh, And they might do that with Miles moving forward. It was interesting to me because it just popped in. November 1st is coming. That's the NFL's trade deadline. There's a lot of talk of of Christian McCaffrey and Carolina getting moved. Uh, Buffalo is the favorite at four to one. They don't have a running back. They don't try to run the ball to be honest. Then it's Miami, the Rams, Patriots, 49ers, Broncos, and Eagles at 12-1. to 1. They don't want Christian McCaffrey. I mean, why do people do these things? And, and when you look at the way the, way the medicals, because it does one of two things. One, you're probably going to – they're not going – Carolina's not getting multiple first-round picks. I really don't think that. But what no, I think overall no. what he does, he gives them a – he give that. I just don't like. I don't think he, even as much talent he has, you don't know how long he's going to stay on the field because he's always one hammy away, one ankle away, and then you're always worried about well, we're going to have him or we're going to have him. And I just don't think for, for the Eagles with the, for what they do, they like to use the complement of backs and giving so many assets away just to bring him in there and try to fit him into an offense, and then having to catch him up to the way they do things. It just to me, it wouldn't be worth the worth the cost of it to get him. To answer John's rhetorical question, why do people do this? Uh, because <laughs> well, I know why people. guys like John McMullen, who continually tell us, remember, the Eagles really liked uh, well, they do. when they he was drafted. Oh, they well, love, that's what I mean. Love you, you're, you're, you're bringing oh, back well, history and, and correctly educating us for it. But yeah. then that's going to open up what, the door what, for going, oh, remember how much Eagles love McCaffrey? That's why they're mentioned as one of the one suitors. Of, one of the things, you know, ironically, that was Derek Barnett's year, the Eagles would have taken Christian McCaffrey. So all this, um, they'll never take a running back. They never, oh, they would take uh, Christian, they would have taken Christian McCaffrey. There was no way he was falling to 14. Uh, there was talk of them trading up. They loved and they were right, by the way. Tremendous, tremendous player. Just, just can't, can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Just can't stay healthy. Um, they wanted Dalvin Cook as well in, yeah. in the second round. Dalvin had some off-the-field issues that pushed him down the board. Um, but uh, they wanted him badly as well. Um, so it's always about the player for the Eagles. And they loved Christian McCaffrey. And evaluation-wise, they were correct. So I give him credit for that. That's why we're at least talking about it. All right. Uh, I asked this of Damo. I asked John in the first segment, so I put it to you, Mr. Franklin. Week six, six and oh, bye week. You don't have to go deal with McMullen. You don't have to see his face. Oh, you don't have to go to he, practice. He loves that. He loves that. Yeah. We have one more together, man. We got 245. Yeah. Yeah, come by on. You guys can hold I, I think we might get the coordinators too, Chris. I think. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we're, 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 yeah, that's that's being worked on. <laughs> so the coaching staff doesn't get off. They they have to report to work every day uh, this upcoming no, week. I think I'll give him some time off. He'll give him some time off. There goes some time, and it'll probably be the self scout. We'll probably hear, yeah, we're going to self scout ourselves yeah. and stuff like they did last year. And yeah. defense with offense, offense with defense is what we saw Tennessee wise fix this. Bam. Yeah, the <laughs> dreaded self scout coming up. Yeah, <laughs> self scout at six and zero. Oh, you better go twelve and zero, oh, unless oh. you're going down. 
Especially with yeah. this schedule coming up. Yeah, they better. <laughs> they I know, better. by the way, the coaches do not have a union like the players do, which means the players aren't showing up because it's collectively bargained that you can't even see them <laughs> during this down week. Uh, so good for the coaches that they'll put in some extra work. Timing of it. Six weeks in. Six and oh, good thing. I saw Chauncey Gardner-Johnson talk about it afterwards. Yeah, love to buy. I'm going to get back together with my family, my son, and watch some football and a but in actuality, too early for the Eagles. Uh, they're going to have some work cut out for them. Yeah, the strength of scheduled teams they're playing don't look very awe-inspiring on paper. But uh, going straight through for uh, 11 weeks to close out the season, kind of bit of a grind with Eagles done. And, and you, you can't control this, but are they uh, were they done a disservice by having to buy as early as they do? It's it, – it, they – if they went from last year having it so late and the guys were so banged up and, and, and it really affected them. So all of a sudden this year, they're one of the first teams. I wonder if they, the legalists is like, oh, so you want to be this late? Okay, we'll put you here. Oh, thanks. We want to wait a little bit. I wish if, if I was them, I probably wanted to be around like week nine, week 10, especially with this schedule, because that way you'd still be able to get a couple, a couple of these wins. I think they better get a couple of these wins with these opponents, still have enough rest. And then you have an even enough round to make your mount your run for the late season. Then, I think I think it. You have to worry about them being rusty. I think a little bit coming back against the Steelers. Uh, so that especially a week off and you try to get back into things. I I look into that. But I think overall, when you look at this uh, buy, I would, it's still a little early. But they'll take it. Especially they're banged up right now. It gives you don't have to worry about where, if you're going to have Lane Johnson for next week because you know you got the bye week and be passed through concussion protocol the right way and he'll be back. So. I think it'll give them some time to rest, but it's going to be a yeah. grind. Especially those division games late is going to be a grind. Yeah, late, but they're going to have a little bit of a breather because you're right. You're probably going to have a little bit of rust, but the best rust cleaner I can think of is Mitchell Trubisky, and he's going to show up. <laughs> um, and hey, hey, get... hey, hey, hey. Mitch won that game for him yesterday. Yeah, he did. He's better than Kenny Pickett. So give him his props. Uh, I, gave, I gave him a game ball on CBS Sports Radio yesterday for uh, getting that W. Better The better quarterback on the field yesterday was Mitch Trubisky over the GOAT. Uh, he had a better game than yeah. Tom Brady did. Mr. Ran out of gas because he was at Robert Kraft's wedding. You sound like the Eagles fan with the great uh, Nick Bowles is better than Tom Brady. Well, who won the Super Bowl? Nick Bowles is say better one than Tom Brady. I, I'm just yeah. saying today, yeah. after yesterday's game, you got to back off Mitch. Well, I I don't have to back off Mitch. Mitch is coming after the, 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 the break. Then Davis Mills. Then... Maybe Taylor Heineke. <laughs> I, I mean, woo. sounds like the 2021 Eagles schedule. Yeah. Oh, not God. quite Gilbert, uh, Garrett Gilbert, but uh, close to it. Close. Those to things it. hurt hearing. Oh my gosh, quarterback play once you get towards the bottom tier of the league, it is just oh, bad. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. Who, who, who would have thought Ian Book may have had a better run? The Eagles, the Eagles' third quarterback might be have a better run than some of those guys. <laughs> is he still on the team? Ian Park yeah. is still on the team. You see him? You guys see him down there? You oh, can yeah. confirm that he's still alive? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ian, so, uh, Ian, is, uh, 
He's yeah, a good guy. Throwing and, you know, that. He's got a good he's got a good arm. Saw him throwing like they have the developmental the practice squad guys they practice for the game. So yeah. somebody him. He's he he just throws up the ball a little bit. He's better. So he's I'll good. say this about Ian Book. He's better than Reed Sinnett. There you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> our, and our buddy from uh South Dakota who uh uh, we uh, excuse me, yeah, Carson Strong. I'm getting my Carsons mixed up. Man. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, well, what the hell yeah. happened to him? Oof. Yeah, Chris Franklin's better than uh, Carson Strong. <laughs> you know, I still got. I keep saying, joking this. Yeah. If they, I still got two games left in this arm here, so if they need me to go for, especially if they want to go like the week 18, hey, I'm ready to go. <laughs> and he is not. And he is not afraid to face the elements. That's the other thing we know about Chris yeah, Franklin. Yeah. Uh, CF, good stuff as always. Uh, we'll probably uh, scrub you up next week to make you go back outside, uh, deal with the train, keep you a little further away from the train. But thank you much for getting up early. Know you guys were up late last night. Thanks for jumping in with us yeah. this morning. And read Chris at cfranklinnewsnj.com. Uh, he and Les Bowen do a tremendous job uh, covering the, the unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you guys so much. Hope you guys get some sleep too. Come on, going back to bed after this. We know that. I might. I never. I, you know what I got to do? I got to watch uh, House of Dragons. I miss that. I watch it every Sunday night, except when the Eagles are playing. Uh, so I got to go back and watch that. And I got to go to work. I got to go to work. Uh, <laughs> no, no yeah. work for me till after Monday Night Football tonight. Uh, Franklin, thanks. We'll talk to you next week, brother. Thanks. Y'all have a good one now. Chris Franklin here with us on Birds 365. All right. We're rolling the dice here. We think we're capable of taking a break. I hope that's the case because we want to take care of our sponsors, our very loyal sponsors for our loyal uh, streamers. If we get both in, McMullen and McDonald will come back and put a bow on the show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at Drytech. 
At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Victorious Monday get-together here on Birds 365. Six in a row, as a matter of fact. Philadelphia is the only undefeated team in the NFL and took care of their number one nemesis, the Dallas Cowboys, last night. Uh, good show today. We thank Paul Domwich and Chris Franklin for hopping on board. All right, what's the J-Mac day look like? You're not getting to go back to you. You got to go to work. You going in to listen to the coach? Is that the, the game plan here? Uh, Zoom. Mondays are... You know, just do the Zoom uh, virtual Zoom, Zoom in the life away with the head coach of the unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and you think you're getting the coordinators on Tuesday, huh? Uh, that's the rumor. It's not uh, official yet, but hopefully uh, we get the coordinators. But if not, we'll get them next Tuesday. It'll just be delayed. Um, uh, they might want to get to they're self-scouting a little bit quickly, but we'll see how that shakes out. And players scattering to all ends of the, the globe here? or um... Yeah, I, as you mentioned, uh, they, they need to have um, – they'll be in for a couple of days. Obviously, the injured players, um, they certainly have off today. They, they might have to come on uh, Wednesday, Thursday to do some work, but uh, the collectively bargain, they need to have the weekend off. Gotcha. So uh, there, there's the things will be a little bit different because of the buy, um, but uh, they they'll certainly be back to work. And man, we did point out that schedule. Some of the quarterbacks they got coming up on the schedule. The, for those of you, you get to revisit the yeah, but the Eagles can't beat a real quarterback. Oh Cooper yeah, Rush, you're gonna hear all. You're gonna hear all that. The Eagles are have. They're gonna be nine and zero. You're going to hear it the week of Indianapolis. They've adjusted. They finally got to play a half decent quarterback if that Ryan is healthy. Uh, look, right. you can only you can only play who's in front. And by the way, you know Dallas was four and one coming into this game. Minnesota's five and one. We talked about it. now. I don't. You know, Dak Prescott isn't there. I don't think the Vikings are very good. Um, you know, the Giants in the future are five and one. People aren't going to say Daniel Jones. I mean, look, they're they're playing who's in front of them, right? And here's here's my point on the Tom Brady just lost to Mitch Trubisky. I'm sorry, Jody. I'll exactly. No, thank you for that. Um, if you're going to say Kirk Cousins doesn't pass the sniff test, yeah, and you're going to say Kyler Murray doesn't pass the sniff test, 
Who the hell passes the sniff test? Exactly. exactly. If, if they don't have a sniffable quarterback on their schedule all year, that's their fault? I yeah. don't think so. The Eagles are 6-0, and and they're 6-0 and on Mary. All right, J-Mac, uh, I will get you back here in 22 hours after you Zoom your life away with Coach Sirianni. By the way, tell him we said hi, and tell him we like the uh, – how about them Eagles chant on the way into the locker room last night? Little, little tweaking, cool. tweaking things. How about them <laughs> that, Eagles? That was, that was pretty neat by Sirianni. All right, uh, brother, I'm good for 22 hours from now. Are you? Yeah, day to day, but I'll be here. Planning tough on guy. it. Short rest. He can go. Who's, John who's toughest tough uh, for the longest? Jordan Mylotta. There you Nick go. Sirianni. Uh, you get Mac and Mac right back here on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.